Was that like just a confession of love to each other during the intro? Is that what I could hear? <laughs> he, he calls it love. I call it brutality, right? So, yeah. I'm sick of fucking being the victim. How are we, gents? Going well, thanks, mate. You? Yeah, good, good. Yeah, really have you, well. Have really you got well. your microphone near a zipper CB? Yeah, he's hand? done it again. Oh, you know what? I'll take the jacket off. All right. All right. Jacket's, <laughs> jacket's off. I'm now officially nude. I was wearing a jacket just to stay warm while I was naked on everything else, but now that's oh, it. That's a Full kit. Yeah. Welcome to the to the live audience. What a cracking start that is for those who have tuned in to, to hear all that. No, it's good to do the live shows. It's what the listeners want, and it's uh, it's a good chance when they get involved on the Spreaker chat. So if you've got any comments and thoughts to share with us throughout the show, please feel free to use the Spreaker chat. We'll uh, we'll try and respond and interact with you all as much as we can. But uh, nice to be coming and doing a show on the back of the win, fellas. I, I must admit, two of us got to get, got this game very wrong. Yeah. Uh, CB and myself, we'll put our hands up yeah. for that one. Tiggs, no faith. No that, faith. Well, no, no faith. And the the word on Twitter from you all week has been about you head wobbling. Head wobble away before we get stuck I was into wobble, Tell us I was how shit wobble, we are. But, but let's be honest, right? CB yourself, footy IQ is not as great, right? So, <laughs> you know, and I... <laughs> You know, I'm not one to just, you know, slap a disabled child. So that's not who I am. You guys got it wrong, right? You guys got it wrong. I got it right. We'll just leave it at that, yeah? Just remember. Just, well, just remember. You know, I'm happy to get those I, wrong, though. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. But, you know, the Tigers are giving you what? What is it? Three flags in four years? Yeah, no, we yep. jump shit pretty yeah. quick. <laughs> yeah, you know, we just don't jump off, you know. We're not all tuggers that... You know, glass half full. You know, you know, we're all gonna. You just gotta stick fat, mate. You gotta stick fat. So at least, I, at least I know if I'm in the if we're World War Three happens and you know, and I need some trench buddies. See ya. <laughs> yep, see you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, 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 hey, hey, you were right. I was, I was wrong. I can admit this one. And you know, sorry, your microphone, man. Your microphone cut out. What did you just say? I said. <laughs> No, I, I was. <laughs> so, so look, the key thing was right. It's going to sound funny. I had a, I had a eight league multi, ten dollar outlay. It's going to win about a thousand bucks. I was so happy when Richmond threw my multi under the bus on Friday. I didn't give a shit. I can tell you now. I was like, it's all right. Take my money. Take my money. Sports bet. I don't care. What did but you the have risk- the doggies to win by? Just head to head. Ah, no, the dog is 1 to 39. Okay, okay. Yeah. See, the reason, fellas, just on a serious note, and it segues into talking about the game itself, the reason I was so bullish, and I mentioned it in the podcast and also tweeted about it, the one thing worrisome about the dogs is that they can't defend the high ball, right? What's protecting them and what's masking? The fact that they've only played one side um, in the eight, which was West Coast at the time, which weren't travelling really, really great anyway, is that their midfield has protected their backs. So I just thought with the shit Lynch cops, with, you know, um, Cochin copping a bit of heat, you know, with the quality that we still had in the midfield, we would at least win 40% of the battles. And I reckon 40% of supply into Lynch or Rewalt um, would be enough to get kick a score. And, my God, that first half. Boys, how were you feeling? Kick a score, my God. Well, getting it in there, doing yeah. all the hard work. 
and it, just point after fucking sorry I don't swear that often now people but I've got to just point after fucking point and it was driving me bananas what about you two well that was the, that was the thing about it was as they said in the press we're doing a hell of a lot right we just couldn't put it through the big sticks and um you know and and credit credit to us because we we were saying it for two three weeks Tom Lynch was due. We, if you go back through the tapes, people, we were saying it. Lynch was due. You could see he was getting in the right areas. He was starting to clunk him, and he probably should have had a six to seven goal game on um, Friday night. But it was it was awesome to watch him just absolutely crank it up and rip a team apart. He was clutch. He was grabbing everything. Yeah, I shared the same frustrations with the, with the goal kicking. I said to my mate, well, we said to each other several times that we're going to kick ourselves out of it if we're not careful because. We'd miss two or three, and the dogs would go down and just kick an easy one. Um, and luckily, they didn't kick too many of those easy ones, but it was frustrating. And Lynch, I'll tell you what, before half time, there was whispers he might have been entering Dud Team of the Week territory if he didn't start converting some of those <laughs> shots on goal. He redeemed himself. He's not in there. A bit of a spoiler. He's not in there this week. But he, honestly, after half time, oh, the whole game, to take 12 marks, whatever it was, is a bloody super effort. Um, and I was just wrapped with how the boys turned it around. It was very, very good. Yeah, it was funny. Like, during that first half, I was tweeting, um, you know, funny enough, even though we're behind, the Bulldogs aren't beating us. Uh, you know, like, from what just the eye test, we were basically matching them. Even though they were getting slight ahead in some some areas, we were well ahead in other areas, and it was just conversion. Simply, that's all it was come down to. But I reckon the mental strength, I reckon – you know how last show we were talking about guys you're just jumping off the team too quick. You know, pe- people on our boards were saying we're old, we're slow, the dynasty's over. Um, let's let's start bringing in all the kids. And we were saying, no, nah, no, nah, it's too early. You know, it's a bit of rubbish talk. And they proved it. We've got a coaching group that's gone. All right, this is not working. But they were brave enough in the first half to keep RCD on bond for the learnings, which is for me is not many coaches would do that. But they thought, you know what, we need to get back into the game. Let's put a bit more mature midfield. So they changed the midfield setup up. They had a brave move and moved Baker forward. Whereas with their mediums and smalls, you would think, well, look, we're behind the scoreboard. Let's let's try to defend a bit and then launch attacks from the back half. Well, Hardwick obviously knew how the game was going. He's going, nah, let's just put Baker in. Let's create a bit of intense pressure forward half because we know their back line will break. And it worked a treat. How did you guys say it? Can I ask a question to you guys? Is yeah, sure. Richmond the most versatile team in the league for the fact that we can totally change our midfield? We can throw guys like Edwards and that in the middle. And then, like you said, we can pick a halfback flanker in Baker and put him to the half forward line and he can automatically adapt Impacts and become creative. Yep. yep. Would you agree with that, boys? Yeah, spot on. And Chris Scott at 360 highlighted the reason why. Robbo was going on his drunken rant and basically saying, how can no one break us down, right? And Chris Scott said, well, they've got a system that's built for the players that they have, so people can't copy it. They can try to mimic it, but they can't mimic it as well because they don't actually have the personnel that we've got. Um, and it's just a, just a credit to the recruiting department that we've got players like a Baker that can play back, switch forward. And unless you played AFL or any footy, 
it's hard to change a mindset from being a defender oh, to shit, a yeah. midfielder and then to a forward. It's crazy. And to do oh. it at the elite level, and like I saw you tweet, CB, because you, you tagged me in it about um, where, where the hell are our small forwards in the first half, and you were right, because the ball, we were bombing it inside 50, we bring it to ground like the big boys do, and it was just going to Bulldogs every single time, and they were just walking it back out. It's like we were non-existent. Baker goes down there, first time, you know, really playing as a small forward in a, a semi-full-time capacity, and he kills it, and he changes the game effectively. It's crazy. Yep. Oh, well, I... Sorry, Seba, you were going to say? No, I'm just agreeing with you. Yeah. Yeah, look, a part of that, though, is the mix of small forward that we had um, in the first half. Like, look, I'm not one to pot any player, but I'm just going to speak honestly here. And this is my opinion, guys. It might be different from either of you two or any of our listeners. But we had Arts in the forward line. Um, and when the heat was on early, he had four contests. Four contests he lost and turned the ball directly over. That Two of them, those contests left to goals. Plus, he could not keep up. When the game was, when I say the heat on, everyone's fresh. He didn't have the speed to keep up. What sort of kept us to be able to rebound and get those inside 50s? Because even though our forward line mix was off, obviously, because it was not functioning properly because of what I've just said. I have to give a shout out. I've just done a negative. I'll give a major positive. And if anyone continues bagging this player, I will fair him spew. Daniel Rioli. Oh, bravo. His effort, his defensive running. Like, I've been harping on about this, boys. You back me up on this. And I've been doing it in every... If you go right, read my posts after every game, other than the Sydney game, which he lowered his colours on. He is doing a selfless, completely selfless role. And if you see his chasing, where the dogs would... um, He'll chase the initial dog players that got the ball. Then Cordy would handball it to another player. So Rioli would switch off that player and run up to the person that's received the ball, nearly get him to force him to handball to another player and then still chase to get to the third player and then apply pressure. You might even just get a hand or just a voice that shit is about to get me and then the rush kick. That was long. That allowed that allowed our midfielders to turn it over in the first half in particular. That kept us in the game. Yeah. But Arts, sorry, was like oil and water. Every bit of hard work that was done um, was countermated. And if he's playing next week, I'm going to fair dinkum. That's going to be it my favourite. So. For me, the, the Arts one, it was the two pushing the backs after they kicked it to give him a free kick 50 metres downfield that pissed me off because the kick itself went to a contest that we halved and may have won the ground ball, but we instantly give him the footy back in a more dangerous spot and they scored twice from it. But uh, back to Rioli, I'm glad you highlighted him because I watched him with interest and I can completely vouch for his work rate. The amount of repeat sprints he did, and, and I posted this, and this is no disrespect to Lynch or Rewalt because their roles are vastly different to that of Rioli's, but... Our smalls, whether it's Rioli, Arts, Bolton, whoever, are effectively covering one and a half to two men to, to make up the, the difference that Jack and Tom can't do with their, their closing speed. And the amount of unrewarded running he did just to put some perceived pressure on a player to cause a turnover down the field and then have to lead again to get involved in the play from an offensive standpoint was crazy. I'd, I would have loved to have seen his sprint stats uh, on the night. It was ridiculous. So props to Dan Rioli. I, I know people, he has his haters because he doesn't kick you know, three or four goals will have 20 touches, but you can, when you watch it, you can understand why he doesn't need to have that. He, he was, you can, he was unbelievable. You can talk about how Rioli ran, but do you know who ran the most um, K's out of both teams on, on the weekend? Who was that? You're not going to believe it, but I kid you not, I read it today. 
Nathan Broad ran a kilometre more than any other footballer on that ground on Friday night. Did he really? My man, yeah, my man, me. Brody. Not yours, Tiggs. My <laughs> man, Brody. Oh, not yours. Oh, look, at, look at him go, people. Look at him go. He's going out. Sit around about the brutality that I have to put up with. Oh, I've been a Broad fan from the get-go, mate. From the get-go. From the get-go. I, I, I encourage you to pull up anything that I've ever seen about Broad. Do it, because you won't be able to find it. Thank you, people. Thank for the you. record, for the record, the safety word is Camden. So anyway, <laughs> yes, Camden, I'll give you right. But I get it with love, right? Look at it now. I think my encouragement's made the play that he is now. But broad, <laughs> never made broad. Nah, I've always, I never, nah, I've always loved broad. But you're right, man, that that doesn't surprise me. But you know what really makes me? You mentioned about the two big guys, but the highlight Lynch, Lynch's work rate. He ran more than any other forward of his size. I think he did 11 Ks. Yeah, he, he, tore, Amazing. he he tore the dogs a new asshole. It's fair oh, to say. did he ever. But can we can we talk about someone else? While, while we're having our big love in here, I'm going to talk him up because I've got a confession to make. Back in the 90s, I had the number 25 in the back of my jumper, right? And then somewhere over the journey, I stuck a nine on it. And now it's one of my biggest regrets on one of my old jumpers without the stripe on the back, one of the 90s ones. Yep. I wish I had a kept number 25 on there, but just by Christ, big Toby Nankervis is having the year of his life at the moment. Yeah, yeah, he is great. destroying opposition rucks, and it's it's a pleasure to watch. Not only Boys, their rucks, he's destroying their midfielders when he tackles them. He is a brutal man. Oh, I love him. Yeah, I love, He makes sure you're right. He throws his body into the tackle, and, he, and look, he does it legally. But yeah, he wants yeah. you to know. He wants you to know that 112 kilos... He's going to be slamming into you as well. It's brilliant. No, it's it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, good call. But he, he's been unbelievable, and he's only going to get better. I just hope he can sustain it because uh, what he's doing goes a long way to us winning. Um, the other player yeah, I think we have to mention, yep. and Lee Middleton flagged this on the Spreaker chat, Mansell. How much yep. do you yes, like Mansell? These, yeah. uh, Baker 2.0 was what Lee Middleton said. Uh, effectively, I hope I'm not spoiling anything down the list because I'm reading off my phone. But uh, Mansell playing the role that he's playing effectively allowed us to do what we did with Baker. Uh, and he, he has been nothing short of sensational. And I'll put my hand up and say, when I saw Mansell play in the preseason games, I wrote him off for the year. I thought, no, nah, he's not going to be good enough to crack in to the side. I'm surprised we picked him, but he has proven me wrong completely. So Mansell, you are playing absolutely sensational at the moment, mate. And we're putting this on the record right now. So we're claiming Camden. Big footy tie-cuts, we're claiming Camden. We're claiming Broad. Broad, yep. Are we claiming Mansell? Are we making him our our, our own as well? Is he oh, our, think, our third boy? I think we've already done that. I think because he see with kids, what is it? His third game. Yep. There's one thing you can't train in a in a in a player, right? It's the ability to not worry about yourself, just worry about the team in relation to your physical safety. This boy runs in straight lines. He does not care what's in front of him, as long as he can get in the ball or get to the space to protect his fellow people in the back line. Um, his respect in the team would be going up and oh, up 100%. and up. Yeah, because yeah, every... – sorry, go ahead. Oh, the, the one example I want to highlight sort of back from what you were saying, there was a, a really high, long ball that I think we tried to clear out of our back 50. And who was it? It was two Bulldogs players, Smith and someone else, were standing under it. And he just cannon straight into him. He, he wasn't going to yeah. ever mark the ball, but he, he just put his body on the line, tried to make it as hard as possible for them to mark it. And I thought, that, that is a good sign there that a young kid's prepared to crash in like that for us. And you know what that tells me? It gives me hope that if anyone ever tries to write us off again, needs to understand. It means that 
for us to have a culture that's that strong that someone who just gets recruited automatically realizes shit i've got to play above myself till it becomes a normal habit shows me how powerful we are as a club because a lot of new players going into a new atmosphere let's say for example even to an elite system will still will sometimes take a while they'll think about oh no i don't want to get injured because i want to continue playing or maybe i've got to make myself seen not with this guy. He doesn't care how many disposal he gets. You can just see how he plays. Yeah. It's just do the best for the back line. That's, that's what it's about. Question, it's without, question without notice, CB. This is from Kane Horn on Spreaker. Seems like a bit of a waste bringing the egg back now that we have Mansell. Was that a fair call? Uh, I don't even acknowledge the player in <laughs> oh, that, uh, that you just mentioned. He's that <laughs> dead to me. He's never wearing a Richmond jumper again. Pedro, if you're listening, I said it. He's, him and Mabby are child. They're never wearing a Richmond jumper again wow. in the seniors. Uh, there it is. I've read Inkton. Lee Middleton Mantle has his spot by a mile. And Lee Middleton said, Tiger 71 has been on picket from the start. Never said a bad word about him. I'm not sure if you're taking the piss there. Because oh. he no, can no, him plenty no, of time. No, wanted him, dro- no, no, wanted no, him no, drop no. eight weeks in a row. Oh, not sure no, about Lee's that. Lee's a gun. She's got a f- um, photographic memory. She has. She understands, right? No, this is a different Lee, I think. This is a different Lee. No. I never said he was a hack. I never used those words that you used. Oh, right? you, you implied <laughs> it heavily. Mansell, Mansell would never cut it, look at him in the preseason. He disgusts me. You know, I never used those words about him. <laughs> I just said, because of his age, he needs to lift his game. He needs to be, if you're 29 in our system, you need to play like our 29-year-olds. And then I realised he wasn't a one-touch player. Since then, I have been raving about him. No, you have been. You have been. been. But how was his game on the weekend? He, he's he been brilliant. in best form. I know yeah. he's not been long, but geez. He's found a spot for himself, CB. We were right with Marlon. Put him in the guts, and he will just go will find the footy and deliver. And and the other one we've got to talk on just before we we, we keep things moving. But um, the debut of RCD oh. and you and, and you t- you called it Tiggs. Sit him on Bontempelli, let him learn. Can and I... um, didn't he come into his own in that game? All I'm going to say, all I'm going to say, because I know we're going to be discussing later down the thing. I tweeted out that he will be our sediment. He'll be our main sediment in three years. Bookmark it. But look, to just actually just brought up a name that I want. I talked about Rioli's defensive running and how great it is. We've got to give a bit of love before we finish up and move on because we don't want to drag it all onto just this one segment. But Jack Graham, he oh, yeah. he's changed. He's been told to change his game, so he's playing forward and he's playing that defensive midfieldish half forward, where he just goes into, you know, be selfless, run into space, try to make himself damaging, but mining mining an area. And he's doing such a fantastic job. You were at the game. How did you see him live? Did you pay any attention, Michael? So... Um, to, to be honest, he I didn't notice him a lot, but that's not a bad thing because it means he was doing his job. But every time I have seen him, I was meant to watch the replay today, but every time I have seen him, especially in the TV, you do notice his gut running ability has improved immensely from the last couple of years and his ability to, to run both ways. Uh, and the one thing, you know, you're going to get with Jack Graham is he's going to land that tackle. If they're trying to bust through, you're not getting past him. Um, but he he's now sort of found himself to be a really pivotal player in our 22. And our midfield would be much lighter on if he was not in it. So I think um, he's changed. Smokey boys, I'll, I'll ask a quick smoky question. Is he currently leading our BNF? Who? Um, Graham? Yep. Oh, be close. Nan Curvis will be up there. Nan Curvis, I reckon. Yeah. Even Pickett will throw himself up into contention with the way he's been playing. Yeah, Pickett. I reckon, I reckon the top three in no particular order will be Dusty, Nan Curvis and Graham at the moment. 
Well, funny enough, the way I sort of see how hard we're going to coach is, I wouldn't be surprised that Royal is not high up in there. Baker will be but, up there. Baker will be up there, but with Baker, but oh, we've got to say, Bolton, got, yeah, Shea Bolton. Thank you, Lee Middleton. Yeah, we were right I've up got, there. I've got to say this before we switch tack because it'd be criminal of us if we don't recognise it. You mentioned Graham and his tackling. After what I saw on the weekend, no one. Baker's just gone off to Graham's, taken that the crown off his head and put it on his head as a tackle <laughs> king. He tackled one touch grabs like a soon big blokes too. He was you know? burying them. He was just you know see that big big huge monster guy that they got in the back up just got great slap. You know, and then he teabagged him. You know, just on the <laughs> good he was so proud. He was brilliant. Uh, the, the last play we've got to mention quickly before we push on. I'm not going to do stats because there weren't any that were really yeah. uh, exciting. Oh, there's uh, one. Shea, we'll Shea Bolton, take a bow with the way yeah. he's transformed his game. He's not only elite in the air overhead for such a small player, but his ground level stuff's unbelievable. And, you know, when you're playing to uh, to get some bigger dollars in your next contract, he's going the right way about it. And I know you said before, Tiggs, that you're confident he's going to stay. And I, I really hope you're right because teams I'm are going to be confident. sniffing. I'm not confident. I'm not confident. He's staying. That's it. He's certain. Lock There's it no in. chance he's leaving. Lock it in. Lock it in. Oh, hey, Johnny Ralph. Johnny Ralph was asking some questions, mate. I don't know. He's staying. Johnny Ralph. Yeah, no, Johnny. <laughs> no, no, he's staying. It's 100%. Um, he'll, yeah. he'll, it's either two or three years. It's either just up to free agency or um, – and once we get our retirements that will kick in around about then, he'll get he'll get well looked after. But what, like I sort of said with Martin – um, early on, when Martin started to do this rise, like Shy's doing his rise, do you reckon Martin's short Shay, of a coin? Shay, not Shy. People are criticising Andy. Shout yeah, out to Angie. Yes, it's Shay. We have yeah, to get Shay. it right. Um, he'll he'll earn more at us, particularly with us, because of how big we are in you know sponsorship. Post footy, post footy, you know endorsements, stuff he's allowed to do outside of the cap. He's going to earn a, a shit truck ton. So, there you go. Actually, speaking yeah. of the man himself, he earned a perfect ten from the coaches' votes. Yeah, well yeah, deserved. Right on, Absolutely. Uh, we're going to push on to the bloodbath, CB. I, I won't do the intro because uh, YouTube don't like me doing it. So <laughs> it, it comes up with copyright issues. It was a good Did run. you get any copyright infringement? Twice now, twice it's come up saying there's copyright and they're going to play ads over the podcast when <laughs> during parts because of the song. Oh, no. So I'll just say, well give it to me, you, baby. Just have a bit see if it picks that up. All right, oh, CB. Rick James. Right out. So, boys, I promise you, I had this written. I had a chat with my boy Pedro on Thursday. We always have a bit of a pre-game chat and all those type of things. He's my favourite Mexican, by the way. And after our discussion, like I pretty much had this written on Thursday after our discussion because it was really timely, right? So the bloodbath today is called the Cochin Conundrum, right? And I'll ask you a question, lads. What has KB and Lee Matthews got in common? You go, Tiggs. No, you go. You go. You go, mate. What do they have in common? Uh, well, they're both legendary players. They both can play forward. Bingo. There you go. They were champion on ballers. <laughs> they were champion on ballers, right, who finished as forwards. And the, the problem is, I believe right as of right now, it's probably time to change Cochin's role from a full-time mid to a forward who can play um, midfield time, if that makes sense. Because unfortunately, it is becoming apparent that his body can no longer be relied upon to play as a full-time mid. And that's okay, because father time gets us all, right? That can't be denied. But the sweetener is if they, if the Tigers can um, 
redesigned Cochin's role within the team structures, right? If they do it, there's some real key immediate and future benefits. Because as of now, it gives us a chance to get more permanent game time and education into Ross and RCD while these blokes are around them, right? So if Cochin could take the arts role, then it automatically opens up the midfield to RCD and Jack Ross to get more permanent midfield time. And the other benefit, of course, is it prolongs Cochin's career by a couple of years where he can just continue to provide education and guidance, right? So I'm not shooting Bambi, but that's my take on Trent Cochin. It's time to change his role up and time to change up the midfield and give the um, and give greater t- game time to the next generation Tigers. So that's my bloodbath. Can I just say what's great about that, what you've just said? The extra layer too is our problem at the moment is our magic or our strength, our better, better players, they get drawn into the contest because they have to. Doing it that way, having RCD and Ross um, with, say, for example, um, Prestia. Um, and so you've got three genuine inside, um, good with their hands, mids. You can leave then our quality, you know, magic makers in Bolton, uh, Martin and Edwards on the outer ring of the midfield. And that's just going to create havoc. Yeah, so um, I would even put Cochin in the back line. If you want to push Baker forward, you could go, okay, Archer out. Cochin, go in the back half because he's smart, creative, all that sort of stuff. And he's a good short kick and move um, and kick arts out and put Baker well, if we find the oppo. It gives we, us flex. And I know this is not a great game to compare to, but he did play on the half-back line during our pre-season games when we shook things up. And Sanya just uh, put in the chat as well, Koch would uh, ping his hammies doing the hard running our forwards do, which isn't a bad point. Um, with how hard they do have to run to apply that pressure. But just, I mean, uh, undoubtedly... Oh, yeah, but, <laughs> mate, when you're playing midfield, I reckon I know where you're running harder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, undoubtedly find a spot. I think you're right, though, CB. The, the passing of the torch has to happen sooner or later um, and best to get these guys' experience. And we've said it before, with those experienced players around them because that's what they, when they're going to learn the most. So that is a, a good assessment. Tiggs, you're den. Yeah, okay. I had a few topics. Um, I just wanted to actually centre on um, this particular one. Uh, I essentially did a bit of an analysis of our um, year to date. And what I found, and I don't know what the listeners thought, but the MCG didn't feel like a home ground advantage to us. Um, we played Carlton and we didn't really dominate. Um, what was my concern even during, and I looked at some of our comments and tweets that we did during those games. Um, as well, uh, you know, we're talking about we're out of shape. How come we're moving too high? How come they're getting through too easy? And that's just not us saying it. It was everyone else saying it. Um, and then we led into, we had another MCG game against Hawthorne, which we just went. We beat them by, what, three goals. But again, they got through us too easy. Um, and then, obviously, then it culminated into Sydney just absolutely giving us a bath because it wasn't like we were adjusted yet to the to our home ground. And... I, th- I think a fair bit of it had to do with us getting so acclimatised to Queensland and applying that Queensland brand of footy, you know, the small small ground, um, that it took us a while to adjust to it. But that's why I was so pleased to see um, on the weekend. And, and to be honest with you, even against Melbourne, Melbourne, I was bullish about the loss. Everyone that's listened to the last podcast would know that. I don't. Melbourne didn't really beat us. We lost it because we were unfortunate to lose it. And that's no disrespect to Melbourne. We had 49 rotations, in three injuries on the bench for most of the game. Um, and But in saying that, we defended really well and we managed to move the ball really well in the sense that we got in there 60 times. 
And it sort of just clicked against the dogs. Even in the first half, we weren't kicking points. We were dominating. We were holding shape. We were rebounding effectively, things that we didn't do in the last four weeks. So I think we're back. Now I'm pretty confident to say, yeah, if you play us on the G, you're going to have a hard time of it because I believe we found our um, mojo there. What are your thoughts? CB? I've actually just quickly – I apologise. I've actually just clicked into the um, to the questions – <laughs> oh, no, I, I I agree, Tiggs, that um, it did feel like we were struggling a bit on the wider grounds for a little while. And someone did tweet me about that. Uh, no, sorry, it was Chris Sidney from uh, the Brotherhood Facebook group. He inboxed me about that, about that very thing that it seemed like we were playing a lot better on the smaller grounds earlier on, and he was spot on. So hopefully that adjustment's now taken place and we can find that balance between playing good on the big grounds and the small grounds. But yeah, I think that's a very good call there, Tiggs. Um, and yeah, if we can get that right between the two, then we're in a good spot. Oh, I was just looking right. at the work oh, about this. Wush has actually stuck the um, episode 10 versus the Bulldogs in the Geelong chat. Oh, that's all right. No, <laughs> I think what'll happen <laughs> there is once, me. once people will click, it should load up. The newest one should be at the top, hopefully. But uh, uh... Oh, well. All right, I'll push on to the dud team of the week. I know that was a huge hit last week. I've got some stats I'll go through to back up some of these decisions. So the boys and I were on fire Saturday night. We were flying out. Facebook chat was Facebook chat. Sorry, was lit. Uh, a lot of candidates, uh, especially from the coaching rank. So the defenders this week: Jason Janison, five disposals, zero marks, zero tackles, seven pressure acts in eighty-one minutes. That's just shit. And so to the person on Twitter who said we should go after him, no. We should not go after him. Uh, Zane Cordy, 100% game time, nine disposals, 67% efficiency, seven pressure acts, and got bitched by Tom Lynch, who had 12 marks. Hamish Hartlett, 92 minutes on the ground, eight disposals, three of them turnovers. Ryan Burton, nine disposals, hey, four turnovers. Can I just say, didn't the Port people go on Hamish Hartlett? Oh, they the wanted gone. Yeah, they want to sack, sack everyone. It's great. Uh, <laughs> Isaac Quainor, 97 minutes, 22 disposals with nine turnovers. Lockie Young, 109 minutes, 11 disposals, 5 turnovers, 2 frees against. Have a shit one. Welcome, Lockie. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, to the midfielders and the Ruckman, Sam Mays, 46 minutes time on ground, 8 disposals, 3 turnovers, 4 pressure acts. He had 4 <coughs> pressure acts as a midfielder. Uh, Brandon Parfitt, 20 disposals, 3 turnovers, 45% efficiency. Mitch Robinson, 21 disposals, 7 turnovers. Caleb Sarong, uh, 18 disposals, 5 turnovers. <laughs> That's rough. He's a kid. <laughs> I tell you what. I'll, I'll tell you a name I nearly put in there, and I pulled. I pulled out because I would have got criticised. I'll get to that one. Uh, Nathan Vardy is our ruckman this week. Twelve hitouts, five disposals, sixty-two meters gained, and one mark. Come on, like we've got an and They're dishing up that shit, honestly. Paddy Dow, six disposals, one tackle, two turnovers. Um, did almost <laughs> put Hugh McCluggage in there. He did have thirty odd touches in, I think, eight plus of turnovers, but his pressure was through the roof, so I had to leave him out. So we got the good Dow, didn't we? Just we, 100%. Tom, Thompson Dow <laughs> playing all right in the two. I think he's come back from injury. He'll be back soon. Uh, and our forwards for this week, Riley West, 68 minutes on the ground, four disposals, six pressure acts, uh, no good. Darcy Moore, 102 minutes on the ground, five disposals, one behind. Shane McAdam, 85 minutes on the ground, seven disposals. Uh, James Rowe, 97 minutes on the ground, 12 disposals, 50% efficiency. I feel bad for this one. Emerson Jecker, the Hawk cube, had his debut game. But if you're going to make a debut, you can't be this shit. Two disposals. 
Two disposals at fifty percent, two marks, three tackles, one behind in one hundred and four minutes. That's you've, that's you've elite him in a practice. Kid. That's terrible. You're torching him. Well, that's get the hard. ball. You're a big unit. They're going to kick it to you. you. You've got to do better than get two disposals and one of them be good. Having said uh, that, he's only three disposals behind Darcy Moore, so not that bad. True. Yeah. Uh, and then Jack Gunston, 97 minutes, seven disposals, one mark. You've got to be better than that, Jack. Uh, and the bench, there's, uh, there was a lot of forwards this week. Uh, Elliot Himmelberg, seven disposals, two turnovers. Brent Daniels, and this is a good one, Brent Daniels from the Giants, three disposals from 11 minutes on the ground and one knockout. So he was the sub that come on for an injured player and then got knocked out himself. So that doesn't have to be on the bench for that. That's That's terrible. Uh, Arazio Fantasia, 110 minutes on the ground for seven disposals and two turnovers. That is, how much did they pay for him, do you reckon? You know, but you know what that is. That's him now. Remember when they were gushing, you know, downhill skier, Arazio. Yeah, they were gushing, you know, round one, round two, round about, you know, what a steal he was with their two teeth clacking together. Now he's just reverted back to his normal form. This is up that shit. And finally, rounding out the bench, Todd Marshall, seven disposals, two turnovers, uh, 69 metres gained from 87 minutes. It's rubbish from a Ford. Now, the Guern- we've added a Guernsey this week. This week, we're wearing the Port Adelaide prison bars, just because it's controversial. <laughs> and the the coach this week, it was a, it was a tough decision. Uh, Ken Hinckley did put his hand up late, and Goodwin was almost in a Monty if they had to choke the north. But... Nathan Buckley, you cannot lose to the Gold Coast at the GU shit truck. That is pathetic. Uh, and if I'm a Collingwood supporter, I'm absolutely livid. So there's our dud team of the week. You know, for coach, I'm surprised you didn't do Alex DeClaston. Yeah. All the Hawks he decided to rest. I believe he rested his two prime movers in, in um, well, call them prime movers. They're actually old hacks now. But, you know, in Amira and uh, Mitchell. For the game against St Kilda, who have a decent, decent enough midfield, but a really good quality ruck brigade, I could not understand it. The thought process, yeah, Torstra. No, there's a few candidates. Twenty, there's, tw- there's twenty Collingwood support players actually breathing a sore if they didn't make that team. Actually, <laughs> could have quite easily done that. Yeah, <laughs> and Melbourne were not were very close as well until they pulled their finger out. All right, we'll push on to listener questions. We'll rip through these because we're running short of time. Probably my fault for reading out all the stats there. Uh, listener questions. First one for you, CB. This is from Joe. I know that Jack Rewatt's not finished yet, but I think we really need to start planning for a young Ford coming through and also want a replacement for Asprey. I really want us to stay up for as long as we can. What are your thoughts on replacements for those two? Uh, agree. We do need to start having some long-term planning. Now, someone's going to vomit live on air when I mention his name, but... I'm going to roll with it anyway. I've got there's two, they're, they're more forwards, but one could become a um, defensive player if you honed him. Um, I would like Richmond to have a look at Wiedemann from Melbourne. Um, I think he's too good to be playing reserves, <laughs> and, I think, and I reckon we could make him into a Richmond man. But the other guy who's not getting game time that I reckon, and I've discussed him for a while with another mate, is Radigalia. I reckon he's the top player. He's pretty – he's a bit of an enigma. He's enigmatic. I reckon he has a ton of potential that's not going to be realised at Geelong, but I reckon out of Geelong, doesn't have to be Richmond, I reckon they could extract a bit more out of that bloke. So they're two of the key position players that I wouldn't mind the Tigers having a bit of a look at. That's just my opinion. Well, on the Ashbury replacement, though, we've got a perfect one in the Rizzies. That's, you know, cooking, basically, getting getting prepared in, um, oh, Jesus, what's ben his name? Miller. I, ben Miller. Ben, yeah. Yeah, Miller. I, I like him. He moves well. He's got a good night size. He's decent size. 
Um, he looks like an Asprey 2.0, but difference is a little bit more agile than Asprey is. Um, sort of not neat kick, good sidestep, good awareness, knows when to release. Um, I think they've I given like, him some leadership stuff too, so that's good. Yeah, I like him, and I think he understands where his place is. I think he, I think with our mid, uh, with our, and I think RCD is going to show and a few more other boys coming across. Um, that the VFL is just a, a place where they bed down the system, work on a few things. It's not really to win. Um, it's, you're ready to get introduced. Yeah. Yep. And so this question's for you, Tiggs, from – oh, you've set me up here. I have. I absolutely did. I'm going to have a crack at this. <laughs> I, I don't care. I'm going to have a crack at this. Tangerie Tiger. <laughs> and it's called T-O-N-G-U-E-I-E. I defy anyone to pronounce it. Someone can phonetically spell it out or pronounce it. Go for it, right? The question is, no easy games this year. What would be our target for wins and losses at the bye? Well, I think I've already sort of said that six and six is what I'd be aiming for. Um, and then we just launch from there. But um, our draw does open up after after um, after the Cats. Uh, and I had us pessimistically losing against both uh, Melbourne and Dogs. But, yeah, six and six. I'd be happy with six and six. Yeah, agree. All right. Uh, Michaels, uh, this is from Raymond Bong, or Borg, sorry. Jesus. Uh, Yeah, Bong, Borg. I'm sure he doesn't mind the glass pipe. Um, When do you think we start sitting in our own reserve seats? I miss the group of people around around us. This is a big bugbear for a lot of supporters, not only from Richmond, but from all clubs. Um, I saw on Twitter that Cheryl from the AFL Fans Association, I think that's the correct uh, name, she had spoken to the AFL about this, and basically, while it's still at 85% capacity, there's government regulations in place that sort of state that certain areas and bays have to be sort of blacked out as such and not have max capacity, and that's why we can't sit in our reserve seats at the moment, even though we know Richmond versus Bulldogs wasn't going to draw, you know, wasn't going to draw 70,000, wasn't even going to draw 60,000. Uh, but because of the regulations in play from the government, that's why it, it can't happen yet until it's back to 100%. So, but the AFL are working closely with the governments to try and get this lifted. But uh, I agree, it's starting to get increasingly frustrating when you, you jump online, you buy or you you know book your tickets for the game, and you're two sections over from your reserved seat, and you can see someone else sitting in your seat. It's like, well, why couldn't I have just sat in that seat you know that I've already paid for? So. The frustrations are definitely there and warranted, but I'm not sure there's much the clubs can do about it. So please, for those who are angry, don't take it out on the clubs and the people that you speak to at Clubland. It's not their fault. They don't make the decisions. They just have to be the messengers, unfortunately. So hopefully it's fixed soon, though. Uh, CB, this is from Renee. Who is our biggest challenger and why? At the moment, I would say it is the Brisbane Lions. They are playing good football out uh, out of Brisbane. And obviously they're very they're a very solid team on their home deck. They've got really good defence, got some really good key pillars there, really good midfield, and they've got a solid forward net line now. Um, big Joe Dirt, he's starting to find some form for them, and um, he's going to be quite a handful when we meet him shortly. So currently on form, I think Brizzy is the dark shark. Yeah, fair enough. Um, now what are we up to? Uh, a question for you, Tiggs, from JWD. Do you think it's time we approach the AFL and raise concerns about how the umpires are interpreting our games, in particular the holding the ball rule? We hold the ball for a split second and get pinged for it. The teams we play against get several seconds to dispose of the ball. Your thoughts, please. 
Yeah, look, GW, we've sort of spoken just to death, so just to be really brief on it, um, I, I know we've already spoken to the umpiring group about other things, which sort of came to fruition during the week in our backman getting hit um, and certain off-the-ball incidents that we seem to always get pinged, um, seem to be just allowed if they got pulled up on. But stuff about holding the ball, unfortunately, we just have to put up with the fact that the umpires were always umpires in the jumper. It's not fair, but it's what you cop for being, um, you know, back-to-back premiers. Um, if you guys had a notice, uh, our leaders, like Lynch stopped Arnett from whining to the umpire, and then Cochin did the same thing too. I think it was um, in a contest on the, I saw on the replay on, uh, I think it was Mansell. He got clipped, smashed over the head, no free kick awarded. He looked at the umpire and started to talk and, and Cotton just grabbed his head and tapped on the head and said, ignore it. So I think we've gone, okay, maybe we give too much lip. Maybe they're fed back to us that we piss them off. It's a bit like the main board mobs banning me from the main board site, right, because I'm lippy. So maybe same thing's a plapping, you know, they were lippy and we're copping that. But I'm sure I'm sure over time it will end up um, balance out. Did you have to go down that path? Oh, you <laughs> was... know, that was foolish. Oh, uh, no, I'm only joking. I'm only All joking. right. Thanks to the, thanks to the listeners for sending through your questions. I know there's a, there was a few questions in there about changes for this week, which we'll obviously we're going to come to right now, as Tiggs leads us into the preview for Round 8 versus Geelong. All right. So they've got no... Look, this is going to be a danger game, funny enough. They, they dominated Sydney in a smaller ground, but I thought that they might do that. They didn't get the score... The way I see with Geelong, they have, they're still trying to work their system out. Um, they were much like us, short pre-season, um, trying to catch up. They're obviously doing it a little bit of a different way. But the injuries, they have a greater to their system impact than ours. And why I say that is we got so such crazy depth, we can cover it. Thank God Grimes, uh, if he was ever going to get injured, it's this week because we've got Vlosson coming back. So that's going to offset that. We can put... We can put um, Bolter on um, on Cameron. He's got the athletic traits and the height to go with him. And it'll be a good learning for him because Cameron's a really crafty forward. And then we just put, like we used to, put Asprey on um, on Pig. Um, and then we've got our interceptor role, which would be the Grimes role, which is now Vlosted. So we're not as strong, but we're not as weak as we could be if we didn't have Vlosted in the side and Grimes at the same time. Their midfield's old, Geelong. It is scary. They try to inject Narkel in it. Um, they try to inject uh, what's his name Clark I think his name is a younger boy that they've got Jordan Clark yeah but they've just look at him like the homeless dude he's their own <laughs> I'm with him <laughs> I'm glad that stuck that was Belcoin CB yeah he's the only one with a bit of penetration um, not in his kicking but penetration in his play so get the ball run a bit and then kick it nice and direct um, Selwood is let's play for free kicks. He's a champion, but he's just slowing right down. And he's, yeah, so look, we should monster them in the midfield. I can't see their back line containing our forwards, um, but their forward line is deadly if it gets supplied. Let's make no mistake. Um, if they get quality supply, we're, we're rooted um, if we don't stop it. So let's hope they do what they normally do the chip kick, chip kick, chip kick. And um, if they do their old standard game plan, um, We'll beat them. One thing I'll say, then I'll leave throw it over you guys. Did you notice what they were doing defending the 45-angle um, kick? Yep. So it shows Chris is trying to innovate, but it didn't come off. And it leaves them exposed as well. But So we'll see. I, I have no doubt our coaches had a watch of it and um, know how to defend against it, but it's going to be interesting. What do you guys um, think? 
well, firstly, I'm just going to say we've got two milestone games this weekend. Congratulations, 100 games to Shorty and 50 games to Bakes. So, well done, boys. Oh, very good. Very good, fellas. And now I'm going to give you Blood Path Part 2. I didn't tease about this. Firstly, great umpiring to not pay the mark at the end of the Geelong-Sydney game. (laughs) Where was the Geelong outrage when the scumps ripped off the Bulldogs? Shut the fuck up, Cats. Yes, Selwood. I'm looking at you. Wow, okay. Now, to my outs. (laughs) Um, Look. I think, not doing, I think just a review of the game. Okay, you're doing outs too. All right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you, I, I, I changed. Goodbye. I changed the order. I did. I did put ins and outs up the list a bit higher, but that's okay. We'll mesh it all together. Yeah, that's all good. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just meshing it in, and I'll shut up. So, so yeah. So the outs look. Grimes and Cochin are the two obvious, um, and I would love Jay Gard's out, but I don't think he'll be out. So I think the outs will be Grimes and Cochin. The ins will be just Martin and Vlosten. If I was to get my wish of arts out, I would bring Josh Caddy in. But that won't happen. So I'll just say, Grimes Cotchin out, Martin Vlosten in. Um, where I think we win the game is basically speed kills. I think we're too quick for him in the midfield. And I think Nankervis will monster him in the ruck as well, which will help. Our, ha- our half-back line, again, will be too quick and skilled for him. And we've got two big, big blokes in pretty good form um, up the front. Tommy Hawkins couldn't catch a cold on, um, on Saturday night. And he watched the prick just try and belt our blokes around because he's out of form. So he'll just throw his weight around a little bit um, against our blokes. But I just think at the moment, uh, we've actually got him covered for outside speed. And I think that will be on the bigger ground. That will be our greatest asset because it'll be hard for Geelong to close us down if we get our tails up. Um, that's what I've got. What do you reckon, Michael? Uh, the, the ins and outs, uh, they seem pretty straightforward, don't they? The Dusty and, and Vlosten in for Koch and Grimes. It's a shame he's out, but... <laughs> Yeah, delayed concussion, interesting one. Hopefully they can find the issue. I'm looking at you, Josh Bruce. Um, yeah, I was just going to say. Yes. For your actions that, again, go unnoticed, whether, you know, if that was Lynch, you would have got four weeks by the time the game was over. Um, but, yeah, the, I think you're right. The speed on the outside kills, I know we take the piss out of him, but Gary Rowan can be dangerous if he actually doesn't play for us this week. Who? The grand, okay, I know, I know. Uh, Grind Mize is out, so that's always nice. Uh, they've tried to inject that speed, but... I just think they're, yeah, they're, they're, their defenders are going to get outworked by our forwards. And if anything, they might be a little bit top-heavy. So I wouldn't be shocked if they swung some changes to try and balance the, the team out a little bit more. Uh, one thing I want to ask you guys, Tiggs and Steve, I'll get both of your thoughts. Do we now keep Liam Baker forward with Mantle doing a good job down back on the solid assumption that Vlosten's coming into play as well to take up that other back spot? Yes. No. No, you want to keep Baker in defence? Yeah, yeah, no. Well, th- the thing is, is that why pigeonhole him? He, if you play Baker forward, uh, Baker was a forward. People forget this. He, he started with us as a forward, and it never clicked. He's gone to the back half, and the back half is giving him the ability to read the play. He's giving him the pillar. He knows what he needs to do because he's a straight line runner like Mansell. Um, what I see is Hooley's not going to be playing for that much longer, right? We we all know it. So the more times that Baker gets to play with Hawley, the more times that he gets to be led by the likes of the back six that we've got, um, it's, it's already improved his development, just keep it going. And the other thing, too, is it gives us a weapon. If we need to change it up, we can. If we just slot Baker in at the forward line, we've got Mansell. He's only played, what, three games. He's going to have a quiet period as well, but we back him in. Um 
we've got quality forwards. Yeah, I don't see I don't I don't see really where the net game benefit is. Um, put Baker in. We need additional pressure, but it's really for the forwards to lift their game. Fair enough. Uh, okay. That's a fair enough yeah. call. No, fair enough. Uh, and CB, Vlosten coming back in. What's he missed now? Like five, six weeks, something like that. We've obviously adjusted without him, although it's always better uh, with month. him. A month, okay, a month. Four, four weeks. Is that three, how, four does, weeks. how does him coming back in impact our defensive setup, if at all? Well, I think he's one of the, arguably the best um, intercept defender in the league. So that's what it means for us. It means we get even more drive out of our back line. So who does it free up? Well, it frees up Hooley, frees up Short. All those guys, it just gets them moving, right? So, um, no, nah, I just that that's what it, it just means. We get the ball moving our way quicker. That's what it means. And just again, good leader settles things down, knows how to play tight situations. Um, just a wonderful addition to have back in. Thank God he's back. Uh, before we move on to some matchups, Lee Middleton sent through. We need to stop Mitch Duncan. Agree, he's one of the barometers for them. Uh, he's yeah, he's always dangerous. And has Samia, he been playing? He's been out injured. Yeah, no, he played. He played. Did he? Yeah, he played. Yeah, he on, played. I guess yeah, the Swans. Um, and Sammy has sent through. Josh Caddy has played one game in three weeks, and the one he played looked eco. Uh, which I which I've heard from multiple people, which is a little bit alarming. So I'm not sure whether he's just a bit crook or injured or what the go is, but he needs to get back into shape and and start staking his claim to get back in the ones. Matchup time. Uh, Tiggs, I'll give you the first one to speak about. Tom Lynch and Jack Rewalt versus... I want you to say this person's name. Mark, who's the Geelong defender? Bill Cavs, I, don't, I, I don't appreciate the, I, the racist I think you call him Bill Cavs. This is not fair. No. <laughs> Mark Lipsarves um, and Lockie Blitzarves. Henderson. Yeah, Blitzarves. Blitzarves. Yeah. What do you think uh, of that, Matt? Lo- those and Lockie two? Henderson. Yeah, um, he's a spud, isn't he? <laughs> That's just look. Listen, let's let's hopefully they play him back. Um, but you know, who knows what um, crazy Scotty will do? Might put him on the weekend. <laughs> crazy who knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh, next one for you, CB. Noah Bolter and Dave Asprey versus Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron, which on paper looks really, really dangerous. Really good matchups. Um, happy for both <laughs> because Jeremy Cameron's a strong prick, right? Like that. That's the one thing about those two Geelong boys. They are big, strong bastards. And Cameron's, he's, he's like he's made of granite, mate. When he hits them, they stay hit. But I think um, Bolter has the pace and the speed to go with him. And, um, yeah, obviously Dave's Dave's not real quick these days and neither is Tom Hawkins. So I think that's a very good matchup. So um, I think our two key pillars are good enough to go with their two key pillars. So pretty comfortable with those matchups. Now, Tiggs, I had written down a matchup of Liam Baker versus Zach Tui. That's on the premise of Baker playing forward and keeping Tui accountable. But I want to hear what your play would be for Zach Tui if we're assuming that Baker plays back still. Oh, um, Zach Tui, what did we do in the grand final? We rotated players off him. Um, so you plop a Rioli, um, you'd plop a Baker, and I think those two guys just run and get him to chase, get him to follow them around. Um, mm. That's I'd do the same thing again. Zach Tui, for me, is not really a weapon for him. Um He's he's a he's he's like a really poor man's hooli, um, I find. <laughs> it's just the nature, not because he's a bad player. I really just to clarify that it's just because their the, the way their game system is. Their game plan does not allow his creativity to really um, consistently be on show. So yeah. 
And the last one is the midfield battle. I want uh, I want both of you guys to discuss this. So we've got Collier Dawkins, Dusty and Bolton versus Selwood, Duncan and Guthrie. Cam Guthrie, not Zach. Zach, I cannot believe Zach Guthrie's still on the list. Um, <laughs> what do you guys make of this midfield battle? We've got more depth. I mean, with ours, you've named those three, but what about um, Jack Graham? What about Shane Edwards? You know, like if you look, if you look at the blokes and Marlon Pickett, there's six blokes that we're going to be rotating through that midfield. You, you tell me six that's going to, or Tiggs, you guys tell me six that's going to ro- rotate through for um, Geelong. Yeah, they don't have the numbers. Turn the numbers. Simple as that. Hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to their lineup from last week and see if I can find who else would go through there. So for the Cats, they'll have Isaac Smith. He may not start in the middle. Well, Brian Myers oh, is out. Come on, so. man. <laughs> uh, can go we're, we're talking seriously here, aren't we? Isaac Smith, isn't he like 90 years old and he's like a spud winger that wasn't even good enough to play for Hawthorne anymore? Menangola, he, he might run through the middle. No. Uh, yeah, I, I'll pay him. He's okay. He's a big Nuggle, boy. He'll run through the middle. He might not do much damage, but he'll run through the middle. Yeah. I'm kind of struggling a bit outside of that, though. So your, your point might be valid there. So that's all I'm saying. So, 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 like the dogs, if they're getting on top around a stoppage or what have you, we've got different combinations that we can throw at them. Can they do the same to us if we're on top? That's all I'm saying. Simply for me, the cats are now getting victim with with Dangerfield not in. Now they're a victim of not developing their youth. So, where with us, you know, we didn't have Martin, but we've got quality young kids that you know that we can throw in there. You know, Ross, RCD, Bolton, Graham. They don't. Um, that have um, that haven't had consistent game time. So, um, particularly in that position. So, like that's pretty no brainer. Well, I don't see their midfield going with us. What's going to hurt us though is they if they if we're not on because you know any side can beat you if you're not on. If we're not on or if Selwood starts doing like an Olympic marathon, you know, ducking contest and gets away with it and starts with his throws and starts getting away with it. But yeah, I can't see them beating us in the midfield. They just won't do it. It's a good point you make about their youth as well, Tiggs. They've very much gone for the stopgap approach, haven't they? They tried the Jack Stephen, they've tried Higgins, um, and it's just not working, is it? So, yeah, lesson, lesson learnt, develop your own kids, which they usually get a truckload of out of the Geelong area. But anyway, uh, reminder, the game is on 7.50pm Friday night at the MCG. Make sure everyone gets along and, and gives them hell. Create as much noise as you can, like we did in that qualifying final. Uh, are either of you two going to this one? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm, I might be, but I'm not sure I'll get a leave past two consecutive Fridays in a row with the, with the kids at home, but I'll see how we go. But otherwise, we're watching on TV. So before we finish up, we'll get some predictions. Tiggs? No, no, I'll go last, boys. You go, oh, that sounds yeah, like I'll you go last. Thank you very much. Sleeve. Yeah. Uh, CB? I'll say Richmond by um, 31 points, and we'll see who gets wow. the gag there. We'll see who gets the gag. Is that what we beat him in the grand final by? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Very good. Nice little subtle reminder. That, are we doing that, a, was, that was subtle. Are, that we, was, are we doing a free kick one? Oh, free kicks. I'll say it's going to be 24 Geelong and 18 Richmond. All right. Uh, I'll go a subtle joke as well, and I'll say Richmond by 15, a.k.a. the distance the ball didn't travel for the mark that oh. was paid. <laughs> uh, and the free kicks I'll, I'll say Richmond will get 16 free kicks Geelong 
25. And Tiggs, you've got something up your sleeve, I figure. No, 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 not at all. I just don't know how I'm going to compete with you two witty fucking <laughs> magicians, mate, with your wit. Fucking, oh, God, I feel as, as sharp as a spoon here. All right, I'll just tell you. Um, I reckon Richmond's going to win by 26. Um, free kick count, funny enough, ladies and gentlemen. Come on. Come on, give us a positive. Give us a positive. Come on. Richmond, 23. Yes. Cat sixteen. Yeah, suck a dick. So you're going, I, I, you're yeah. going for back-to-back positive free kick counts. Yeah, well, I was really strong on our feedback to the umpiring department with proof of all the shit we cop for the first four weeks, five weeks, and Melbourne tipped it over, um, where it became farcical. Um, it's like what happened at Brisbane, and then after Brisbane got away with what they got away with, we got a really good run. Um, our choice. So this is what's going to continue. We, from what I know, names weren't mentioned, fingers were pointed. Um, and it's, you know, to try to break that. So I think if we play the way that we played on the weekend, hard, tough, but straight lining at the footy and we don't even talk to the umpires, we don't even recognise that they're there because they disgust us, they have a force to change. And that's Fair how we'll, oh, we'll We'll take a positive count. Uh, yeah. Tiesta's sent through Richmond by 100. Oh, we, hope that, <laughs> we hope that comes off. Yeah, I, I like know. where your head's at, man. I like where you need the percentage. I oh, know. Well, that's, that's actually the one. If anyone else is listening, just while we talk for another minute or two, if you want to send through your margin, send it through, we'll read them out. Uh, what you said about the percentage there, Tiggs, is interesting because the, the teams below us that are on the same amount of points, a lot of teams are in like the low 90s, mid 90s for percentage. So we're kind of in not a bad spot, even if we happen to drop a game. Um, but it's always nice to try and keep building. Yeah, that, but you've got, you got Brisbane. You've got Brisbane there just under us. You've got Sydney, yeah. which just under us, which I don't think will continue. I've got a strong feeling Melbourne's going to drop off. Um, I've got a really strong feeling. They're now starting to get injuries. Look, you never want to um, celebrate injuries like the Geelong Muppets celebrating our injuries. Um, yeah, but they're gonna. It's gonna start to bite, and they don't have the depth. Melbourne people are talking about the depth. It makes me laugh. The depth hasn't been tested. So um, yeah, it's gonna be an interesting year. I love. It's a great year. It's a great year. Yeah, it's it a, a year full of stories. No, it's very good. Uh, the last question I got for you both without notice. Does anyone feel sorry for Robbo now that he's backpedaled on his stupid Richmond claim from last week? I'm Not so fun. sick and tired of just... De- it's just like journalists don't even care that they don't have credibility anymore with the stupidity of what they say. Because if you look at the Herald Sun now, Robbo's actually contradicting himself with an article on, like, basically people who write Richmond off. And it's like, well, what did you do, dickhead, with Tom Litch? Like, like, it's just... I don't know. I... The, the I, I just think, I don't know, man. I, the AFL industry, with, with how they promote the game and talk about it, it needs a serious review because it's just a joke. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not even worth writing. I actually hardly read anything. I read the big footy boards because it's a laugh. And you, you probably find more educational shit on the main board on big <laughs> footy than you're doing a Robinson article, right? That's how bad Robbo's writing it. Really? I, 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 I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> love, love you, mainboard guys, if you're listening. Love you, Zoe. I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Che- right. Screenshot it. But, Screenshot it. Show me. Big cherry wrap up. Gold rocks. <laughs> I, agree with you. I agree with you. Most of the footy journals, uh, they wouldn't make it overseas. Like, I don't know if you guys have been no. overseas or America, for example. They ESPN do in depth. If, elite. Yeah, if they, if they do, if they do uh, a prediction, they have an analysis to why they've got an opinion about yeah, they something. Just, they don't just talk shit. And now here we have Robbo, we have Tom Morris, we have Ralphie Ralph, just whatever pops in their head, Tom Brown, oh, yeah, let's just call it true, and they'll just yeah, write shit with no basis, in fact. If oh, they did that anywhere else, I'd be sued. 
All right. Lee, uh, Lee, Lee Middleton. I like yeah. that. <laughs> Richmond by 10 because the draft pick the Cats are going to give us. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Lee. And Lee Williamson, Tigers by 17. We'll be more, but without Grimes, we'll make it closer. Agree. So thanks, everyone, for tripping in with your comments on Spreaker and all your comments throughout the week as well and for tagging us in all your posts. We love it. We love getting involved with the Tiger Army on the socials. Um, boys, hopefully we get to win on Friday night and we can reconvene and um, hang shit on Geelong once again. Oh, it'll be a dark, it'll be a dark show if we lose, mate. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be a dark, but no, that won't happen. That's oh. Green, green VB long neck, uh, maximum gornage. I need some help tidying up the uh, Geelong supporter safe house for what's going to occur on Friday night. So, bring a mop, bring a bucket, kitty litter, wool balls, um, some old Gary Ablett VHS tapes to make all those disappointed pussies make them feel a little bit safer and happier in their little safe space in the safe house on the bay. Very good. And uh, on that note, till next time, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Stick it up, Tigers.